1: Cool fact,
0: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello and welcome to the PH Nutrition Podcast. Today we are back with an episode. We're playing a little game today. We're playing a little game on this episode of Nutrition Myth-Busting Tennis. Actually, probably it should be more like paddle. Is it paddle tennis?
1: Paddle is tennis. Paddle, the fastest tennis. growing sport in the
0: world. Yeah, let's get let's, let's let's play a little game of that. Um, I've never actually played it. Um, have you played it, bud? Nope. But I reckon no. I could beat you. Yeah, do you reckon? I was, I was, you know, even though I'm a more of a Leighton Hewitt, I think so. Like I'm quite short, fast around the court. So I, well, I, I don't playing. know who that is. You don't, you <laughs> don't know who Leighton <laughs> Hewitt is. Jeez, no. Show my age here he was an Australian tennis player but he wasn't that big so maybe Agassi I've got more of the Agassi look actually so let's go with Agassi anyway enough about that let's get into we've got some we've got some myths that uh, often crop up when we do Q&A's and when we you know we're we're talking to clients so what we thought we'd do we just go back and forth and uh, dispel them talk about them and hopefully uh, you know allay a few fears and, and give you a little bit of insight in terms of our thoughts on this so let's start with the first one Luke has we got on the list for Luke. Does caffeine stunt
1: your growth? So, this is a, a and I think the reason that this is first on the list for me is because I'm both a relatively short man and a huge, huge coffee drinker. Love I'll, second, coffee. I'll second
0: that. I'll second that.
1: I mean, we're both both pretty short dudes that love coffee. Um, So this is a pretty appropriate myth for us, but it is a myth. This is one where uh, when kind of this was posed, I did a little bit of a deep dive and look into, okay, why would people think this? What is the kind of reason? Um, And there were a couple of potential theories that I came up with. It's worth saying at the top, the theories are not true. This is a myth. Caffeine does not stunt your growth, but I always think it's useful to look into why might people think that uh, so that you can obviously then bust them. And one of them, the the dumbest, most simplest one that people kind of came up with was uh, correlation. We know that famous causation versus correlation. One of the genuine reasons as to why people said, oh, caffeine stunts your growth because most people start drinking coffee when they stop growing. When they get to their teen years, their early 20s, they start drinking coffee and oh look, they stop growing. So caffeine must stunt your growth. That was the one that made me laugh the most, thinking at how kind of a ridiculous statement that is, because that is is pure correlation. That is pure, coffee's a little bit of a bitter taste. Kids don't like that, does not stunt growth whatsoever, but that one did make me chuckle. So it's worth saying that's entirely correlation. The fact that, you know, we drink coffee when we get a little bit older, does not mean that that's why we've stopped growing. (laughs) It made me laugh so much, that one. Yeah,
0: that's ridiculous.
1: Another one that's kind of a little bit more kind of feasible, where you can potentially see where they're coming from, uh, is a theory that caffeine, obviously when used poorly, when abused, when had late in the day, can affect your sleep. And we know how important sleep is for growth. We know how important sleep is for production of hormones, such as growth hormone even, that can obviously help us grow that is a theory that has potential reasonings potential mechanisms behind it if you don't sleep too well you're p- potentially not going to grow to where you kind of want to be as well mm. uh, but one of those where the direct association between caffeine and growth was not there if that makes right. sense so yeah, if you sense, yeah. if you sleep well and you use caffeine in the right way where it's not impacting your sleep just the fact that you're having caffeine is not going to impact your growth. Um, and also, like it, you need to have pretty poor sleep for a very long period of time for that to actually impact your 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 growth as well. So this yeah. is one where you can kind of see the little bit of a link, you can see where the head's going with it. But again, BS does not. Caffeine uh, does not stunt your growth. So, Thank God, Lukey. Thank God. Yes. Yeah, we're short for some other reason. But it's yes, not yeah. coffee, so maybe we shouldn't thank God. Uh, but yeah, so caffeine does not stunt your Good growth. Stuff. Myth busted. Done. Boom. Fifteen uh, love or whatever it is 15 in love. tennis. 15. I don't know the scores. We'll ask Ash Grossman. He loves it. He loves it. Uh, cool. So I'm gonna serve to you then. A myth. Liam eating carbs after six seven p.m. Eating carbs in the evening. It's gonna make me fat, right?
0: Oof! It can make you fat. This is, the this is again, like a, the big C word that I've maybe spoken about on other podcasts. Yeah, context. Okay, eating after 7pm obviously can make you fat if your overall intake means that you are in a calorie surplus across the day, across the week, across the period of time. It doesn't necessarily automatically lead to fat gain. And I think this is where people are scaremongered into thinking that, you know, after six PM, seven PM, we potentially don't do that much movement. So then people go, "Well, you don't need carbohydrates, which are an energy source." So eating it just means that because you sit in front of Netflix or read or do whatever, then you're not actually going to burn that off. But again, you there's so many there's so many myths I need to bust in this one. I'm going to get hopefully not too confused, but. Your body isn't a 24 hour switch. Like, it's not like I would say at, at you know, 12 o'clock, it switches to the next day. We're in a constant state of flux. So, depending on what you've done that day, your body's still going to require, you know, replenishment of glycogen. And if your overall energy balance is still going to be within maintenance or in a deficit, then no, you're not going to gain fat if you eat carbs after six, seven o'clock. I think what often the case is what happens is that usually people's dinners are their biggest meals. So then when they eat carbs, it's usually a mountain of pasta or rice or carbohydrates. So then obviously that then, you know, is easier to then gain fat because you're eating larger meals at that time. So what we need to do is take a bit of a bird's eye view of this in terms of like, look at your overall daily intake and try to match it to your lifestyle, to your training. And if eating carbohydrates in the evening is something that you enjoy, then you need to make sure that you are not overshooting them for the rest of the day, okay? Because then eating carbs in the evening or an excess of calories in the evening potentially may make you gain fat. If you train in the evening, you know, and you've just, you know, crushed a workout at six till seven or seven till eight or even late eight till nine, then potentially carbohydrates may be your friend because it can help with inducing sleep by increasing serotonin, you know, decreasing cortisol levels. So we don't necessarily need to be restricting them then, And that's actually a, a nice time you want to be utilising them. It's one of those things where people just jump to it. And like you say, it's like the coffee one in terms of like, well, I'm not moving after 7pm because I'm just going to sit in the front of tell you I don't need it. Well, we need to look at the bigger picture. So, you know, this is where in our plans and everything else, we take into consideration meal structure across the day. You know, a little bit more than potentially like an if it fits your macros approach. You know, where it doesn't really matter where you get your food in or where you get your calories in, as long as you hit your overall intake, then you're cool. We find that that's a bit of a suboptimal way to look at things, especially for hunger management, for energy levels across the day, concentration, training, and recovery. So we want to try to be thinking about more than even distribution. You know, and that potentially helps you to. You know, mitigate that kind of feeling of overeating in the evenings, um, which again will help you to potentially stay on track. So, no myth bust: eating after carbs won't make you fat, but it may make you fat if it means that it's going to push you into a calorie surplus. Sound
1: good? Yeah, yeah. Fifteen all is what okay. I was oh, good. Like to
0: good. I think that was a little bit of a kind of like down the line. You almost struggle to get there. Like I don't think it was a winner. Let's get um, there. I'm back. <laughs> I'm back on level terms right next one for you Luki, is uh, artificial sweetness
1: okay, okay. B-
0: big one big one for us do they do they cause cancer do they cause gut issues you know, give us a bit of an insight into this because I think people can be a little bit worried about art- artificial sweetness
1: yeah and I mean this is another one where, where context is needed but the context is a little bit different to obviously the context you gave because there are there are studies that have shown that artificial sweeteners can cause gut upset and can maybe be linked with cancer and increased risk of developing cancer. The context here that we need, though, is that those studies have been done in mice or rats with 200 times the amount of sweetener that a human would normally consume in a day. Even a human that is chugging Diet Coke with breakfast, lunch, and dinner. If you're having Diet Coke with breakfast, maybe you do need to question of but it's something where it's like you know having to consume over 20 cans of diet coke per day to get kind of the amount of sweetener that they were giving to these rats and then the rats also being rats we're not rats and we're we're able to kind of process stuff a little bit differently to rats including sweeteners if sweeteners really were that dangerous they wouldn't be out there on the market this is all about that context so in the right amount and given to the right creature Technically, artificial sweeteners can cause gut upset and may be linked to an increased risk of cancer. Mm. In humans, though, we're good. We are mm. so, so fine. We don't need to be worrying about it at all. This is one of those where if you potentially struggle with overeating and overconsumption of sugar, then it could potentially be better for your health to switch to artificial sweeteners if you know that you're drinking a lot of kind of normal high sugar drinks per day, that kind of mm-hmm. thing as well. Mm-hmm. I think it is still worth noting some people can respond poorly to certain artificial sweetness so i know for example aspartame has been known to cause headaches in some people doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to cause a long-term health issue it's probably not going to cause a long-term health issue but it can cause headaches can also cause a little bit of gut upset and this is true for a lot of them as well so you'll see you always see it on chewing gum. You always see it on Diet Coke as well, where there'll be a little bit of a warning saying this product contains a source of phenylalanine, which may produce laxative effects. Yeah. It's one of those where even uh, the companies that that use artificial sweetness in their products know that it can cause some gut upset in different people. And just like most things, this is going to vary from person to person as well. Yeah. Just like a lot of people get gut upset from dairy, a lot of people don't, that kind of thing as well.
0: Absolutely.
1: The response will be different from person to person. If we're talking big health issues, you you're fine. If we're talking kind of little bits to got upset, maybe it causes some headaches. That's an individual response that you kinda of need to take note of and dial back based on yours. So for yeah. example, I know that my mum and this is quite this is the classic kind of like when I was a kid, I was never allowed sweetness because my mum got headaches from it. And so that's her obviously yeah. And this is through no fault of her own as well. Her experience was, oh, when I have sweeteners, I get headaches. So that must mean that it's bad and I'm not going to give it to my children. That's a totally normal response to have in that circumstance. But it's one of those, again, where our differences are different. My response to sweetener is different to her response to sweetener. Uh, And I don't get the headaches. I don't really get that gut upset when I'm having, you know, one can of Coke a day or on a Saturday, that sort of thing as well. So, Yeah. yeah, this one. Again, the big C word of context, but artificial sweetness for the most part, safe to drink. Yeah,
0: I agree. Devil's in a dose with most things as well, isn't it? Mm. Like you say, you don't want to be drinking, you know, Diet Coke for breakfast and eating grenade bars as, you know, for a day, then you might potentially have some issues, yeah. but
1: yeah especially in the guts
0: yeah but lots of other things again come along with it isn't it like you know you might feel bloating because it's a fizzy drink there's the carbonation of the water that might be making you feel bloated on or, or yeah. in the, you know in the grenade bar for example it's probably not the artificial sweetener. it's the you know all of the sugar alcohols and the fiber content you know like you've got to be looking at like you say you know, just pointing the finger at certain things so great breakdown buddy fantastic stuff okay
1: sweet so uh yeah that takes us on to you and the next one uh this is one that a lot of people worry well not necessarily worry about but think about when they first kind of start training uh, and this is one of body fat can be turned into muscle is that yeah. true Liam
0: no it's not true it's not true off the bat fat and muscle are two different types of tissue okay one cannot be directly converted into another now we we'll, Again, commonly we think, well, we see someone that potentially is a lot is overweight, okay, and then they go through a you know, nutrition and training plan, and they re-com- like they ha- they go through a b- body recomposition, okay. So this doesn't mean that they've turned their fat into muscle. It means that they've lost fat and potentially gained a little bit of muscle. These are two different things. You know, it's like saying you can turn a banana into a pineapple. Like it's not happening. Like these. <laughs> So it can happen the other the reverse way as well, you know, so when potentially like athletes or you know, potentially you know, people like uh, ourselves who have been in really really good condition and then all of a sudden I don't know have kids or stop playing their sport or whatever, they don't turn that muscle into fat. They just gain more body fat and lose muscle tissue. So it's not a conversion, okay? It's two different things going on. So hopefully that just you know dispels that pretty easily like it's 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 a fundamental you can't cheat this physiology like you can't do this so so yeah myth busted nice simple yeah yeah good stuff cool uh right this is this is one actually that comes up i think people this is one that people can get lost in the details with nutrition and we know that with nutrition we want to be focused on like you know the big rocks and you know the 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 real fundamentals and these are kind of the things that I think people worry about that quite a lot. So hit us with this one, Lukey. Fresh food is better than frozen.
1: Ooh, ooh, define better.
0: Yeah, oh yeah. Okay. okay. Uh, maybe more nutrient dense.
1: Okay. Or cool.
0: holds their nutrients more.
1: It's an easy one, this one. No, fresh food is not <laughs> nec- not necessarily better than frozen. In fact, there's like a, a lot of things that kind of come into play when thinking about fresh food and frozen food and the kind of comparisons between them. Basically the, the nutritional content of fruit and veg changes depending on how ripe or how rotten the fruit is as well or the fruit and veg and one issue that you potentially get with fresh fruit and veg is if there's a big transit time and that is why we often encourage people to shop locally buy locally obviously uh, trying to get the produce to travel as little distance as possible is not just better for the environment but it's potentially better for the quality of the nutrients there as well the beauty of frozen food is that frozen food, when it's being processed, and I'm going to do processed in inverted commas for the listeners uh, that can't see me doing inverted commas, uh, because people get hung up on processed. But when it's processed, what they essentially do is they might cook it for a very short amount of time by either steaming or blanching it, that kind of thing, and then they'll freeze it. And this freezing essentially traps the vitamins, the minerals, the nutrients in. So it is ready to be shipped without those Uh, nutrients diminishing over time, which might happen with fresh produce when it might kind of drop because it becomes overripe and rotten, that kind of stuff. When you freeze it, it doesn't do that at all, Uh, which is super beneficial because it means that, you know, the peas, the frozen peas in your fridge are potentially going to be more fresh than fresh peas that were picked you know a couple of days ago that have made it to the supermarket have sat on the shelf for the day sort of thing and yeah. you need to get them there so frozen food so so fine to do also can be a lot easier to do as well and cheaper which is always a benefit um with this as well yeah. i don't know liam if you have anything else to add to that Man, if not i, I want to echo, echo,
0: echo, awesome. echo on this one the one point i would add is that i find that Frozen food can also help to eliminate food waste. Yeah. One of the biggest things that I find people throwing food away, you know. So if there's something like berries, peas, you know, even fish, there there was a program on one of the BBC ones and they tested fish. And actually, frozen fish can be like, oh, is it, you know, is it a bit weird? Actually, you know, it it held its nutrients and, and was so, you know, was really, really good compared to fresh fish these types of things can like you say can go bad relatively quickly you know like berries you know when you get them from Chile, do you mean you see them from peru and you're like hang on a minute like i know if i leave some berries out like they go bad pretty quickly so these are the types of things that i would say like lean towards spot on with lukey but i think one thing i use it for is make sure to eliminate kind of food Food waste waste. yeah
1: fantastic Cool. I'm actually going to, if if you don't mind, Liam, throw a little bit of a curveball and throw in a bonus Ooh. bonus little myth here, here in the go. same Juice. vein, in the same vein with regards to fresh and frozen food, uh, organic foods are org- organic foods better for us.
0: This is a bit of a discussion point. I think inherently, yes, but I don't think you need to be worrying about having everything organic. You know, things that are in like big thick skins you know, like, they, they're not going to be, If you know, you're not eating the skin. So, like, yeah. being sprayed with pesticides and being, you know, the way that it's grown, obviously, there's so much nuance around this, but things like, you know, say, like, the bananas and avocados and stuff like this, you can't, you don't eat the skin and it's, it's quite impenetrable. So, I don't, there's certain things, there's, like, the Dirty Dozen and the Clean Fifteen, I think it's called. So, if you search that, like, on Google, you'll find that There's some that you don't need to necessarily worry about and there's others that you probably, if you can afford it, then edge towards having organic. I do think that people again get lost in terms of, oh, I have to eat organic. Whereas actually, if you took that money and just ate more of like, more better quality food, you know, that's not organic, then you're probably going to be you know, improving your health and Boom. you know, better than focusing on why well, I bought this seven pound organic bread. Do you know what I mean? And I'm like, mm,
1: yeah.
0: that's that's where I get that's where I have an issue with it. But yeah, search that online if you really are focused on it, then you know, dirty dozen, clean fifteen, there's a list. Just you can kind of loosely erase your choices off of that.
1: Boom. Amazing. Yeah, sorry threw an extra little bonus point there for you, so which I mean, might I'm have adaptable. won the game. Might have like, won the like game later. for you there.
0: Like Leighton Hewitt, who you don't know who he is. You know who Agassi is. Um, of course.
1: I'm nimble around the court. Fantastic. Well, in that it's case, I'm going to throw another one at you. And last one. the Yeah, last myth that I'm going to throw at you here, Liam. You can't build muscle on a plant-based diet. True or false? It's a myth. It's a, a myth. myth.
0: We, we, if we was in like a live studio, we'd have like a sound effect here. <laughs> like, it, it, like, it may be hard. It's harder to do on a plant-based diet, but it's a 100 percent possible okay now this kind of this has been you know founded on plant-based diets being naturally lower in protein protein obviously being a really important building block for building muscle and that kind of protein foods especially protein vegan protein powders don't contain complete proteins like all of the essential amino acids these days like if you look at a vegan protein powder let's use that for an example they're blended do you know what I mean like they're blended with like pea, hemp, pumpkin, you know, all of these different things, rather than just having like hemp or just having a single thing. And then, then yes, you are potentially going to be um, missing a few amino acids, which will affect protein synthesis, etc. But it's just simply about the same principles of building muscle applied to a plant-based diet. You can still eat protein. You can still eat enough carbohydrates. You can still eat enough calories and fats to help you to be in a calorie surplus, to build muscle. You need the correct stimulus obviously at the start, but it's a hundred percent, you know, possible. And I think this day and age it's even easier to do it because there's so many good quality protein powders from a plant based point of view, but also like other protein based kind of like supplements. You know, so many different pea burgers and all of these different, you know, kind of meat substitutes, which probably is another episode of whether they're really good or not. But you know, some of them are. I just think that, again, people it, – it's not, it's not like a default thing. So if you go plant-based, you're going to be deficient in vitamin B and B12, iron, amigas, and you can't build muscle. Like, that's not the default. Like, you can do all of these. You cannot be deficient in all of these things. You've just got to be a little bit smarter about your choices. You've probably got to be a little bit more conscious on a plant-based diet because there are fewer single-ingredient, single-protein foods – um, from a plant-based perspective so you know this is where you just need to be a little bit more aware but it's a hundred percent possible you just need to be following the same principles um, as a as a carnivore uh, but it's it can be done it's something that when i look at things like the game changers or other people that are now plant-based and they've gone oh i done this on a plant-based diet but they haven't like they've built muscle and done everything and now they switched to a plant-based diet for the last year and they're like oh now i'm vegan look at me i'm absolutely jacked that's where i think it could be misleading for people but people that have been plant-based for extended periods of time i know a few clients a couple of guys that train in london they're absolutely jacked and in great nick and they can build muscle like you just got to be a bit more switched on so no myth busted
1: done done Amazing! I think with that, with the bonus little organic foods that I throw in there, you have beaten me at myth t- paddle paddle test. Oh, a little
0: drop shot, then with an organic one, a little drop shot just to yeah. finish it
1: off. I think yeah, that was good.
0: Yeah. All right, mate, that was fantastic, Lukey. Thank you so much for for joining us. We will be back for, with another one of these episodes further down the line. If there are anything that you want, us to if there's anything else you want us to cover, the then just pop us say a message, um, either on Instagram or on the website, and we will. We'll bank these up when we've got another six or six or seven. Then we'll, we'll do another episode. But thank you so much for the support. Podcasts are growing, so we get some really amazing feedback of it. So we really, really appreciate you know you listening, and I hope this episode useful. And we'll catch you on the next one. Thank you very much. Have a good day.